When the Great War ended with the disbanding of the Ottoman Empire, Gandhi persuaded the Congress to support the Khilafat movement. A violent agitation for restoration of the Islamic Caliphate deposed by the victorious British. Before long, he pinched his nose and plunged into the murky waters of religious appeasement and terror rationalization in the wake of the ghastly anti-Hindu violence perpetrated by the Malabar Muslim called the Moplas in 1921. Ambedkar, who saw Gandhi's advocacy of the Khilafat movement as a pernicious political stunt, he said, the movement was started by the Muslims. It was taken up by Mr. Gandhi with a tenacity and faith which must have surprised many Muslims themselves. Ambedkar viewed the Mopla rebellion as nothing but jihad. The Muslim agitators, he said, preached the doctrine that India under the British government was Darul Harb and that the Muslims must fight against it and if they could not, they must carry out the alternative principle of Hijrat. Ambedkar continued, The aim of the Khilafat movement was to establish the Kingdom of Islam by overthrowing the British government. Knives, swords and spears were secretly manufactured. Bands of desperados collected for an attack on British authority. On 20th August, a severe encounter took place between the Moplas and the British forces at Pinmangdi. Roads were blocked, telegraph lines cut and the railway destroyed in a number of places. As soon as the administration had been paralyzed, the Moplas declared that Swaraj had been established. A certain Ali Mudaliyar was, Mudaliyar was proclaimed Raja. Khilafat flags were flown and Arnad and Varulana were declared Khilafat kingdoms. As a rebellion against the British government, it was quite understandable. But what baffled most was the treatment accorded by the Moplas to the Hindus of Malabar. The Hindus were visited by a dire fate at the hands of the Moplas. Massacres, forcible conversions, desecration of temples, foul outrages upon women, such as ripping open pregnant women, pillage, arson and destruction. In short, all the accompaniments of brutal and unrestrained barbarism were perpetrated freely by the Moplas upon the Hindus until such time as troops could be hurried to the task of restoring order through a difficult and extensive tract of the country. This was not a Hindu-Muslim riot. This was a massacre. To Ambedkar's horror, Gandhi laid the blame squarely on the Hindus. Hindus, said the Mahatma, must find out the cause of Mopla fanaticism. Just like Kashmiri Pandits must find out the cause for why they were driven out of Kashmir. Hindus will find that they are not without blame. They have hitherto not cared for the Mopla. They have either treated him as a serf or dreaded him. They have not treated him as a friend and neighbor to be reformed and respected. It is no use now becoming angry with the Moplas or the Muslims in general. If such rationalization wasn't unpleasant enough, Gandhi went further, blaming everyone else for the Mopla barbarity but the Moplas themselves. The government, he said, has thoroughly exploited the Moplas' madness. 
they have punished the entire Mopla community for the madness of a few individuals and have incited the Hindus by exaggerating the facts. Malabar Hindus like the Moplas are an excitable people and the government has incited them against the latter. The outbreak, said Gandhi, would not have taken place if the collector had consulted the religious sentiments of the Moplas. That religious sentiment as analyzed by Ambedkar was jihad. Indeed, Muslim leaders themselves agreed with Ambedkar that it was jihad, but Gandhi did not. Maulana Hazrat Mohani, the eulogized freedom fighter and a friend of the Mahatma, and one incidentally who coined the slogan in Kalab Zindabad, justified the massacre of Hindus by saying that this was Islamic Jihad and that according to the rules of Jihad, those who help the enemy become enemies themselves. Shockingly, Gandhi was conciliatory towards the Maulana. I do not blame the Maulana. He looks upon the British government as an enemy. He would defend anything done in fighting it. He thinks that there is much untruth in what is being said against the Moplas and he is therefore not prepared to see their error. I believe that this is his narrowness, but it should not hurt the Hindus. The Molana speaks what is in his mind. He is an honest and courageous man. All know that he has no ill will against the Hindus. In spite of his amazingly crude views about religion, said Gandhi, there is no greater nationalist or a greater lover of Hindu-Muslim unity than the Maulana. So here was Gandhi, a Hindu, schooling a Maulana on Islam. He wasn't done yet. He transmogrified next into a Maulana himself, quibbling on Islamic sanctions, just so he could venture into the minds of the men who Ambedkar had called barbarians and rationalize their barbarity. The Moplas notions of Islam were of a very crude type, claimed the Mahatma. Forcible conversions are horrible things, counseled Gandhi. But Mopla bravery must command admiration. These Malabaris are not fighting for the love of it. They are fighting for what they consider is their religion and in the manner they consider is religious. They are brave. Then came the cruelest of blows, a plea to the Hindus to rationalize the bloodbath by taking recourse in dharma. Even if one side is firm in doing its dharma, said Gandhi, there will be no enmity between the two. He alone may be said to be firm in his dharma, who trusts his safety to God and untroubled by anxiety follows the path of virtue. If Hindus apply this rule to the Mopla affair, they will not, even when they see the error of the Moplas, accuse the Muslims. I see nothing impossible in asking the Hindus to develop courage and strength to die before accepting forced conversion. I was delighted to be told that there were Hindus who did prefer the Mopla hatchet to forced conversion. Even so, is it more necessary for a Hindu to love the Mopla and the Muslim more when the latter is likely to injure him or has already injured him? Why should a single Hindu have run away on account of the Mopla's atrocities? This was sheer lunacy. The Mahatma was beseeching the Hindus to hold their ground even as they were being hunted down and butchered. One could quote more, much more, 
of this utterly reprehensible apologia from the Mahatma's playbook were it not so tormenting. Of, of little comfort is the fact that the saint continued to hold such views despite condemnation by men like Ambedkar. Decades later, while preaching to those affected by the pre-partition Hindu-Muslim violence, he said, Hindus should not harbor anger in their hearts against Muslims, even if the latter wanted to destroy them. Even if the Muslims want to kill us all, we should face death bravely. If they establish their rule after killing Hindus, we would be ushering in a new world by sacrificing our lives. None should fear death. Birth and death are inevitable for every human being. Why should we then rejoice or grieve? If we die with a smile, we shall enter into a new life. We shall be ushering in a new India. Ambedkar was incensed at Gandhi's selectivity, more so of his stand on the Mopla massacre. He said, and I quote, Mr. Gandhi has never called the Muslims to account even when they have been guilty of gross crimes against the Hindus. Mr. Gandhi has never protested against such murders of prominent Hindus like Swami Shraddhanand, Rajpal, Nathuramal, Sharma. Not only have the Muslims not condemned these outrages, but even Mr. Gandhi has never called upon the leading Muslims to condemn them. He has kept silent over them. Such an attitude can be explained only on the ground that Mr. Gandhi was anxious to preserve Hindu-Muslim unity and did not mind the murders of a few Hindus if it could be achieved by sacrificing their lives. Ambedkar next turned to Gandhi's behavior during the Mopla massacre, a program, a pogrom he had condemned in the strongest of terms earlier. This attitude to excuse the Muslims any wrong, lest it should injure the cause of unity, is well illustrated by what Mr. Gandhi had to say in the matter of the Mopla riots. The blood-curdling atrocities committed by Moplas in Malabar against the Hindus were indescribable. All over southern India, a wave of horrified feeling had spread amongst the Hindus of every shade of opinion, which was intensified when certain Khilafat leaders were so misguided as to pass resolutions of congratulations to the Moplas on the brave fight they were conducting for the sake of religion and jihad. Any person would have said that this was too heavy a price for Hindu-Muslim unity. But Mr. Gandhi was so much obsessed by the necessity of establishing Hindu-Muslim unity that he was prepared to make light of the doings of the Moplas and the Khilafatis who were congratulating them. He spoke of the Moplas as the brave, God-fearing Moplas who were fighting for what they consider as religion and in a manner which they consider as religious. 